Okay. So we'll just use this one. Um, so anyway, I wanted to ask you about collecting. The, the first thing I guess I wanted to ask you is there's a lot of people here, I think, that dream about going to the Amazon or to Peru or to wherever to collect fish. How do you prepare for a trip like that? I know there's lots of prerequisites and planning and stuff. Depending on what state you live in, a lot of states you can collect in that state. Um, And then, so a great organization to belong to is the Native Fish Society, because at their conferences every year, at their conventions, you go out collecting. Oh, right. And you can get some really neat fish collecting natives. There's some beautiful natives, you know. Um, going to the Amazon, I guess we've been so many times, we already have connections. And so we deal with, we just set it up with a friend and connection. But now in the Amazon, um, in Brazil, where we usually go, we cannot collect. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, have to be a native to collect fish. So that's, we just go down there to Zerb now and watch the fish and see them. When did that change? Because I know that it used to be a big thing. People would go collect and have yeah. them shipped up and stuff. I want to say, I want to say about ten years ago, um, they actually tried to get all the even the natives to quit collecting, which, from what I understand, kind of backfired on them because the natives actually did quit and they went to gold mining, and um, it turns out. The gold mining is destroying the habitat and everything, you know, with the mercury they're using. Because mm-hmm. what I was told, lifespan of a gold miner using the mercury is about 30 years old. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't know, most people think Alice in Wonderland, the Mad Hatter. The reason he's mad is because during that time period, they used mercury to form the hat. Oh, so he went nuts because the mercury influences mm-hmm. brain. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's what's happening in the Amazon. And that's what happened in the California gold rush. Um, for you don't know, I'm Jim Forche. I'm from the Aquatic Bookshop. Oh yeah, I should have said this. So Jim Forche owns the Aquatic Bookshop, which has been around since I can remember. It's yeah, I think we opened it in about eighty three, nineteen eighty three, something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But um, so but anyway, the mercury's destroying the habitat, and we still in California. There's large pockets of rivers by my house. That if you go down, you can get, get raw mercury in the river from the Because they use so much during gold mining. Yeah. yeah. And so anyway, but they tried now, they tried to get the people to go back from gold to fish collecting to do. And um, I'm sorry, but they don't make enough money fish collecting and they make a lot more gold. So they're not going back. Okay. So there's this fish collecting uh, industry. Yeah. And then... Some folks in there, there's a political movement that kind of shut it down a little bit. Yeah. And, um, and yeah. so a lot of people left and now they're not going back because the jobs they went to ended up being higher paying. Is that yeah, but they're destroying the habitat yeah. through the gold. Yeah. You know, be it, you know, of all the times we've been there, each trip would be about a 400 mile trip. We didn't see, but in the Shingu area, the de- habitat destruction. But in the Shingu area now, the river's no longer there because it's Cause been dam. dammed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we used to dive in the Shingu, and it's a beautiful area, and the zebras and the different plecos there are really neat. And we do what's called a hookah diving, which is just a pump compressor up and a line down. It's not... Oh, like a long hookah, so it's a hose in your mouth, basically? Yeah. And, yeah. and it works great. Fed down. And the current's really strong, but it works great for that habitat mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, we've tried diving in the Rio Negro and stuff before, but the water's not really clear enough to do diving so you can just swim and collect. 
But there's so many things to swim and collect and, and fishing. But, you know, so to be honest, if I was going again, mm -hmm. I would probably go to the Peru area to collect. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of groups that run out of the Peru area. Um, so there's many different people you can go with to collect out mm -hmm. there. And that's what I would do in the beginning because they know how to prepare, how to ship, what to use. Um, for instance, like I used to lo love to use the big gulp soda bottles because they have little bumps in the bottom of them and so the fish wouldn't be damaged and shipping them back and that oh okay you know and they have a big opening for uh and on the top the cap so you'd ship them in soda bottles empty yeah. soda bottles because they have the a big, big opening at the top and, and they had the little and they can on the bottom kind of pick a little cranny to yeah. hang out and then feel secure kind of yeah uh, and that uh, that way you know we'd lose almost no fish uh, so um, if someone was to go to these things, is there anything that you're like, you have to remember to bring this? Is there anything that you're like, I never go without bringing this item or without getting this arranged? I always like to take my own nets mm -hmm. and I like to take my own fishing equipment. That's not necessarily because I have, but I like to use certain things. And you'll find a lot of things here in this country are cheaper. Mm -hmm. And I also leave my clothes down there because you'll find things are cheaper here and your clothes, you can get t-shirts and everything. But for them to have something in English and to have the supplies that you've donated to them, that's quite a neat thing. Um, we used to have a lady that we knew that would get us medical supplies. You know, from the hospital here in the United States, if they have a container, like if they tear a Band-Aid or if they open a container or they have good samples in they, they don't give out the samples and stuff so we used to take large fish boxes of samples medication for the remote hospitals and then we would then have a fish box to bring home stuff in. oh cool yeah. so all those supplies would normally be thrown away you could collect and take down and just yeah and then you're gonna you're gonna take the, some boxes anyways you know so you might as well use the area mm -hmm. um now like in Brazil, you have to use a, a shipper, and it's actually depending on which. It's it's not very easy to do. You have to ship through someone else, and what I understand the laws are now, you're not allowed to collect. Only natives with a permit are allowed to collect. Only okay, but because we're a foreigner, we're not really allowed to collect. But we can still go down with a fishing license and fish. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a fish eater, but. I'm sorry, Amazon fish tastes great to eat. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to What's, me, like a pleco, a pleco is like eating a lobster really? when you crack it. I oh, because it's of the really, shell? Yeah, it's really great. Um, Arapaima is wonderful. Um, pacus are really great eating. Um, peacock bass are okay. Um, it was many years before that we could get them to serve as piranhas. Because back then, we started going down about a six i guess and back then piranhas uh were considered a poor man's person food and because we're from the united states we weren't of that level they didn't want to insult you by serving so, you yeah, food so, they thought was subpar yeah, yeah. so uh -huh. it took us many trips before we could get piranhas served now because the fish there's less and less fish it's actually moved it used to be just only sold down at the river and now it's actually been moved up to the fish market, Piranha. So you can buy them in the fish market. Okay, so other supplies dry up, so now we're down to that yeah, level. And kinda. I guess if, if somebody's interested, 
I can give Danny a bunch of fish of pictures of prior trips to give you an idea, mm-hmm. you know, of yeah. something later on. Yeah, you've you've shared in talks at a lot of fish clubs, your trips, and I remember back in the day the slides. Yeah, like when we had carousel slides and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I remember that. Um, what was the most I don't know unexpected or exciting catch you ever had when you were out collecting? I don't know. I to me, I'm not a real discus fan, but to see discus in the wild and the beauty of them versus the commercial discus, mm-hmm. I think the be- the discus in the wild are so beautiful. Um, some of them will have a foot or two trailing fins like angelfish. Oh, and wow. just there's just like streamers coming yeah. off the dorsal or the anal fin or something. Yeah, uh-huh. and they're just so beautiful in the wild. You don't see that in captivity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was probably a surprise to me. Um, also, stingrays. They used to be so plentiful at night. You can just sit and watch them. They'd come by like halfway out of the water. Oh, and, and you can feed them the and stuff? No, 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 these are wild. Oh, okay. They'd go along the shore and they'd be at night. You can watch them swim out of the water and and that was really neat. Are they, are they going up to the edge to kind of dig in the sand and the mud and they're looking going for up, stuff? Mostly, most of the areas we would be in the Rio Negro or Rio Bronco, Shingu, or not. Shingu would be other another area. But those are more dirt type things, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so it was more dirt and they would go up and be in there looking for food, mm-hmm. you know, insects, shrimp, that type mm-hmm. of stuff, looking. Just right up on the edge. Just well, they'd kinda... actually have like half the body out of the water. Oh, wow. Out. So that'd be really cool. Um Seeing an aeropyme, the color, the arowanas too. In the aquarium, if you see a black arowana or a silver arowana, they're they're silver. But in the in the Rio Negro, they're actually about the color of my hat, more of a bronzy. So they're quite pretty to see in the wild, I think, for colorful and stuff. Um, so that to me is really neat. Um, the, the food and the people down there are great. I can't say we ever had anything negative to say. Um, we we're hoping to go next summer um, just to visit old friends and see and the fish and go out again. But I'm not sure that's going to happen right now with the things happening. But you know we'll be going out again just to visit and see. The, being in the jungle to me is really neat. Seeing um, probably another surprise. I guess I didn't. Uh, we had one guy hit by electric eel once. Oh, so you're fishing electric eel swam well, we were, up? And- we were, he was in the water. He went out to catch it, one of the natives, and the electric eel knocked him on his ass. Uh-huh. So that was, that was you know, kind of interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to see how strong they really are. <laughs> yeah, that, and then um, one time we had a stingray get a guy, one, actually one of the natives again, and it, it just brushed against him and just brushing against him. Within an hour, his ankle was like three times the size and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was interesting, though. My wife put aloe vera lotion and it took it down. Oh, really? Right, that worked. Really, yeah. but, so um, aloe vera, bring aloe vera. But um, and then one time we were in the Shingu and there was a, I forget the species, but it's black with white dots, circular dots on it. And she was about three feet around. Oh, the Matoro? Yeah, the Matoro. Uh-huh. And uh, the, one of the guys went out and grabbed it. And brought it back by the tail and brought it back and and we looked it over and then just let it go again yeah, yeah. you know but she was beautiful but mm-hmm. i would not have 
grabbed one by the he wrapped a blanket around the tail and not blanket i'm sorry a towel around the tail and just and grabbed it and brought pulled it in, in. wow yeah, so well i know um i know you've actually almost died a few times collecting is that accurate like weren't uh, you charged by we were charged by once? one time we were charged by water buffaloes mm -hmm. um there is actually one trip we we're on um i don't know if you know rd rd webster is a friend of ours and we we're on a trip with rd and axelrod was on the trip with us um you will hear different comments from axelrod from the audience but axelrod <laughs> so when we got back, axelrod from tfh yeah yeah so when we got back axelrod wrote up the article mm -hmm. about it was a two-issue article and it was kind of funny because i was only named he got right on the pictures of all of oh. us. And um, I was known as Jim the Fisherman, which I thought was really kind of interesting. But as soon as RD was in Arizona and he got the magazine first, mm -hmm. and so RD calls me on the phone and asked if we were on the same trip Axelrod was on. Uh -huh. Because it was, it was not quite similar as we remember. Yeah, he's got a colorful reputation. And it was, yeah. it was interesting reading about the trip we were on that we didn't know happened uh, yeah but, you know, it was quite different yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that, that was kind of interesting trip. <laughs> but we used to go down with a, i don't know if you know dr chow alibish um, and he's the one that studied the amazonian fish so we used to go out with him did you go out with jan pap de grief or was that no is that yeah, yap is a friend of ours in florida oh yeah okay yeah and um we actually go down and visit him and he comes by mm -hmm. it's spelled the j so i always yeah. say because because yeah. i don't know no but yeah a really great guy and he has a really great fish room uh -huh. um so that, i guess that kind of leads me so one time we were on uh, collecting probably in the about when we first met danny yeah I, so, so this was i was 13 or 14 when i first met jim so we've been friends for over 25 years yeah. it's kind of crazy so on the way to the amazon we stopped at yap's house and Yap was showing us some barbs he had. He had three of them. And supposedly there was only three in the United States, you know. So Tiger just, barbs? No. no, no. <laughs> and just then this cichlid came out of nowhere and ate one. <laughs> so you can imagine how. So anyway, so we go on the trip and stuff. And Dan's staying in our house for a month. While I we're know down exactly there. where this story's going. So Dan's staying in our house for a month, you know. So we come home and we get a knock on the door. So I'm taking care of Jim's fish and stuff while he's collecting in the Amazon. Yeah, so we get a knock on the door the next day, and it's the game warden. He says, you know, your son at midnight was down collecting fish in the pond. And we're like, what? Anyway, so we calm the guy down. It's best down. time to catch him in the dark. What can I say? Well, anyway, we calm the guy down, you know. And, so, and at that time, I only had about 52 tanks, you know. And we calmed the guy down. And, he, you know, he kind of was joking about it, too, but he was not very happy about him being out at yeah. midnight you know how dare a kid be out at midnight collecting so you know and then i started noticing some of my rare fish disappearing super rare fish and yeah. i kept on like what's happening i don't see any bodies i don't see nothing and my tanks are very very well planted very planted and then one day i was sitting there and out of nowhere comes this bass I wanted to say something else. Becomes this bass and eats one and then goes back into the plant, you know. Big bush of java moss and yeah. swims out, grabs one of the fish. Goes back. And so I call up Danny and Danny, oh, yeah, I went down to the pond and collected all these fish and put each, uh, some in each one of your tanks, you know. So needless to say, we had to go around cleaning tanks. Yeah, I, that was a, a mistake. 
so I was a kid and I was like, I knew that Jim liked native fish. And so I was like, I will do an awesome surprise for Jim while he's gone collecting. I'll go collect and I'll find some neat native fish and I'll put them in Jim's fish room. And when he gets back, he'll like have these awesome native fish and it'll be a great surprise. So he filled up all my killifish tanks and <laughs> bailey eye and all different tanks with bass. And, and I did it. This was like a day or like a day before he was going to return. So this was my present to Jim because I thought he would love it. All these native fish. And yeah, that's how I learned. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. I'm in my 40s now, and this story's still like I still like feel like an idiot every time I hear it, which is why he tells it. <laughs> Speaking of natives, though, you've been involved with like uh, preserving native fish habitats, uh, like in the desert and stuff, and you've been to Devil's Hole and all this yeah, ash meadows um, and stuff, we right? We used to go out with Peter Unmack. Um, he's now in Australia. Yeah, for those that know who Peter Unmack, he's a uh, one of the main authorities on Australian fishes right now and does a lot on rainbow fish and other in gudgeons and things like that. But. Well, when he was in the United States here, he, you know, he, we were friends and we'd go out and then we'd go out. He did, he was kind of a desert pubfish expert, native fish. So he actually led some really neat tours to all the hot springs, seeing all the native, if you've not seen a pubfish in the wild, that's really something that's really neat to see. Like it, it's part of the Death Valley system, but there is a devil's pupfish area, uh, not devil's hole. You, it's a little bit hard to get in devil's hole, but there's all kinds of pupfish around there. And you can go see them and stuff. And even in Las Vegas area, there is some pupfish habitats. What's you know. a, what's an easy one to get? Is is Ash Meadows known for like pupfish that's, sighting? That's the, the best one because you can see. And it. that's by Vegas, is that right? Or it's I don't... kind of by, it's next to Las, it's next to Death Valley. Okay. It's outside. And that's, it's really a neat area because you can see a lot of different ones and you can see a lot of them at once. And you can usually see the breeding habitats, the coloration and stuff. And that includes killifish and gudeads as well? No, I don't know any gudeads there. Oh, okay. Okay. The is more, I've seen in the Las Vegas area. Okay. okay. Not in Las Vegas, but more like out in the Red Rock area or mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, but... That's, I guess, the start earlier. If you really like collecting and stuff, the Native Fish Group really. So that's NANFA, right? North American Native, Native Fish, Fish Association. Association. Yeah. yeah. And so they have some really great ones. Um, and I guess now is the time to do. I like the Killifish Association. I've been a life member of them probably 40 years. And the same with the ACA, the Sickler Association. And they're going to be in Sacramento next yeah, year. So yeah. your, home, uh, your home area. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that and looking forward to seeing all old friends that come in and stuff. Now, um, yeah, we have a, well, I, this is embarrassing. I do have a web page, um, seahorses.com. Um, but if you, if there's a book you see you want, um, please let me know and I'll transfer it to Danny's page. And then um, I'll discount the book price. too. So, so here's Jim's uh main website i guess um and it's been since 1986 you've been selling books in online for a lot of that time right yeah and that's why the page has not been yeah really updated and you you did a little coding right and made that happen and then now you're starting to sell here you can find jim's stuff 
on Get Gills at the Aquatic Bookshop. He's starting to add some stuff. And to get a hold of him, if you go to store details, you can uh, send him a message right here. Okay. That'll send you an email. And so I'm going to, I guess this is kind of a, I'm going to do another plug. Um, I don't know how many of you knew Dr. Rufan. Dr. Rufan was a leading biologist. He did AquaClear. He did... When I was... Oh, did he work he, at AquaClear or did he... He owned Nova Aqua. Oh, he, he owned Nova Aqua. Okay. He owned a different companies. And when I was a kid, you know, in the seven, 60s, there was a product out that you could keep fresh and saltwater fish in the same tank. Um, and, you know, later on in life, I thought I was dreaming it. Because everybody else, when I mentioned to, told me I was out of my mind. So when I happened to be down there one time talking to Dr. Rufan, he's, um, he was telling me, yeah, actually it was his product and stuff. But the problem was, is when he tested it in schools and in colleges and at the lab, they all did the precise measurements. So if it was supposed to add one gallon to one gallon, it, it would. But when it went out to the hobbyist, when it said add one gallon, they might add five gallons of mm -hmm. stuff or, you know, so it wasn't it, as precise. It wasn't a lab setting. It, yeah. yeah. And so it didn't work out at all. Um, I don't have to admit it was very bizarre to watch the tank and see fresh and saltwater fish swimming in the same tank. Mm -hmm. It was not. So was it just a lower salinity that saltwater fish? No, it was a, it was, it was a, it was a type of chemical mixture. Oh, okay. Okay. And, um, but anyway, um, he passed away and. To give you an idea, his own personal library was about the size of two gymnasiums, basketball gymnasiums, and he had two full-time librarians. So we're, we, before he passed away, we volunteered to sell his books, some of his books. So we'll be putting books up here, and all the money that's from the sales will go to Cal Academy in San Francisco, just to let you know. Um, there's some neat stuff we'll be selling, um, but... Anyway, it's something interesting, and there is some interest. But he did have – it was – to me, I always enjoyed going down and spending a day just looking at his library because mm -hmm. it was always open to everybody. It's just most people didn't know about it. Yeah, so – It was in Hayward, California. I'm sorry. Massive library, mostly fish stuff for all kinds it of animals. It was mostly stuff. fish stuff, mostly. Um, I mean, and he – and it was all – it was every language imaginable. Mm -hmm. I mean, he um, – it was it was quite amazing to see, and I think he told me like in publications alone, he spent like something like six thousand a month mm -hmm. in yeah. magazine publications, not books. Mm -hmm. But his goal, and he wanted to own them all. Yeah, and he <laughs> yeah. he had like four copies of the Bleecker Atlas, mm -hmm. which I think a Bleecker Atlas goes for about hundred thousand right now. Mm -hmm. And so, but he would just, but it was all you know. Like I say he had two full time librarians just to watch his books. It reminds me of like the Huntington Library or something like that. Yeah, kinda. it was, yeah. Except Huntington, you can't really go look at the books. Unless you're a scholar, yeah. And yeah. this one, it was just open. You were just, but since most people didn't know about it, most people use the internet. It just didn't. Yeah. So anyway, he's, we're selling the books. So this is to settle his estate kind of and donate mm -hmm. to the and institution it, he wanted to leave stuff to. Yeah. Which is Cal... California Academy of Science in San Francisco. Okay. Um, Steinhardt Aquarium, most people know it by. At least that's what oh, okay. I always refer to it so as. So Steinhardt's the, the branch the that most of us would know. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the money from the books goes to Steinhardt yeah. for the layman. Yeah. yeah. 
Einstein Hart's own or run under the auspices of the California Academy of Science. Okay, got it. Got it. Got it. Oh, that's kind of neat. How 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 long is indexing all those books? Well, we just take out so many books at a time and and try and sell them. Uh -huh. I mean, and and they go for very inexpensive. Mm -hmm. yeah. And most of those are on your original website. If people, they're are actually not hardly anything's on there right now. Okay. Um, we have a couple family issues we need to take care okay. of, okay. and then once that's done, we'll read. Start putting. We try to, you know, we're trying to list them, and I don't mean to sound, but most of them are going to Greece. Oh, really? That's, that's who people are buying them. That's one guy in Greece is buying. And I <laughs> the the Greek version, Doctor Rafan, is buying up yeah. <laughs> all the books. Well, let's let's segue into the aquatic bookshops. You started this in 1986-ish or something like that. I, you know, I started before before the website. It was it was mainly what I my concept was. To have a lending library because mm -hmm. I, you know, most people couldn't afford the books, you know. So the thing, but um, I don't know if most people know Ross Scofola. He was a friend that lived in Yeah, Florida. there's a cichlid named after him, isn't there? Is I think Sokolofi yeah. is how yeah. we say it. Mm -hmm. And so he convinced me not to. And he was right because there's a lot of people, like there's people we've seen buy books. Like buy a lot of them. And then put them in the back of the pickup, and two months later, still been in the pickup, been rained on. Uh -huh. And of course, I don't understand that, but I guess mm -hmm. I don't know. I so he said, if you do this lending library, the books are going to get thrashed. So, yeah, and so, don't so do he that. he was very adamant against it. And so, and he was there was actually many other people that said mm -hmm. the same thing. So that's why. And so right now we're kind of just barring it down. That's why I'm saying if you. See something you like, let me know, and I'll switch it over to Dan's site, and we'll discount it some, and just to move it and, and stuff, you know. Well, thanks. Anything to help get gills is so appreciated. Thanks so much. Um, so I'm wondering, I know you've rubbed shoulders with a lot of the kind of greats in the hobby, and um, you have original documents from lots of the folks that named a lot of the fish and discovered a lot of the fish and things that we that we now love. I think Sturba, did you do stuff with Sturba? Sturba so this is Corridor Sturba I was named after this person. We corresponded, he's in, he was in Germany mm -hmm. and we all, we would correspond with him and stuff. And he did, he did send me a book, which was really neat. You know, um, Gary Bagno has that book now, mm -hmm. but he, uh, Gary, for you that don't know Gary Bagno from Zoo Med, uh, he's starting a, he has a collection of antique tanks. And he's going to be starting a museum, aquarium museum. And so he collects all these things to build this museum, mm -hmm. which is really, if you're ever in the San Luis Obispo area, you should go by and see that. That's the tank. What's it called? Do you know? Uh, Zoomed. Oh, at Zoomed is where they are. Okay. That's where they're okay. at right now. His, and but on the sooner, grounds is a sooner, Yeah, he plans on, he's, he has a warehouse full that he plans on making a into an aquatic museum yeah a pet aquatic pet but it's mostly aquarium stuff uh -huh. but it's a pet type museum. well that's cool so. there's there's all this paraphernalia and stuff that's getting lost like eric bodrock has a big collection of just weird stuff from the hobby from decades ago and all that stuff and yeah, you and see it and it just and gary has like a, a warehouse full mm -hmm. and but if you go to the 
where the zoom ed is, he actually has like I think about twenty one antique tanks. And, see, see. So I don't know how many people know of Cal. There used to be an aquarium called uh, Capital Aquarium in Sacramento. Yeah, it was they, massive. So it was this big aquarium store in Sacramento. All us Northern California hobbyists grew up with this store. And it was a shame when it closed a few years ago, but they had a big koi pond when you entered that you would go over the bridge. And I mean, it was pretty big for its day. And they had a, well, when I was a kid, they ha actually had an otter that would jump in and out of the bottom. Tanks. A river otter? Yeah. And that was so cool because you could go and the river otter would be jumping in a tank and splashing everything You couldn't get away with that these days, but yeah. Yes, back then. But um, anyway, he had a tank, a gold tank with gold figurines on it and stuff. And that was from the Maxon shipping line. Mm -hmm. And Gary actually has those tanks. That one plus the mate to that one. Mm -hmm. And that's really neat to see if you haven't seen the ornateness and the beautifulness mm -hmm. of that tank and stuff. You know, and he has all these other bowls, and but he has a beautiful collection. So if you're ever in the area, that's a neat thing to see. Wait, I guess when I think of Zoom, it, I think of mostly reptiles, but... They do have aquarium products. Gary they have lights a, and stuff. And yeah. Gary has all kinds. Of, he has a wonderful collection of turtles. Mm -hmm. And he has all kinds of... And if you go... You know, I mean, he has a wonderful breeding operation there for the turtles and lizards and different mm -hmm. animals and stuff. And what, are, what are your favorite um, non-fish animals to keep in tanks? So over the years, I'm sure you've kept all kinds of stuff. But well, for I, someone that likes aquariums but wants to keep something besides fish... Well, we have a turtle we've had for 22 years now. Mm -hmm. And then we have uh, some newts. They're about 10 years old. Mm -hmm. So I don't think they'll be around much longer. I, I like everything. That's probably my problem. Mm -hmm. And that's why, if, you know, when we, when we had 52 tanks, I mean, now I'm down to I have a 360, a 70, and six 15s, mm -hmm. which to some people, that's a lot of tanks. To me, that's. <laughs> Almost nothing, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the 360 has it's a, quite a mixture of. But I have lots of plants in my tank, so it's kind of embarrassing. But sometimes I might not see a fish for a year or two, mm -hmm. you know, and all of a sudden, oh wow, that's still there. Mm -hmm. Or like, I like non-aggressive fish. That's you know, um, like for a while I was clicking trying to keep mostly pipe fish. I like mm -hmm. momirids. I realize some momirids are very aggressive. So momirids, for those that don't know the terminology, these are like elephant nose and other kind of electric fish that um, baby whales, elephant nose, those kinds of things. So like your momirids, you have like your Africans and your South American. Um, like in South America, you have your electric eels. You have your electric fishes, and I like all the electric fish. Are any fish. of the knife fish considered momirids? Yeah. No, they're not momirids, but okay. they're electric fish. Okay. And I like all the electric fish mm -hmm. in general. So that's kind of why I shouldn't by kind of switch over. So you have your and and um you have your myrids in um Africa, and you have your South American uh, South American types, but they both send different types of pulses and stuff, which is kind of neat mm -hmm. when you look into it. Because some of them are, one one continent is pulsing and another is kind of waving line. Mm -hmm. So it's a neat thing. I also, for the longest time, was keeping breeding pipefish, freshwater pipefish. I remember and those. I, yeah, and I know a yeah. lot of stories would tell me I'm lying. There's no such things. 
Uh-huh. You know, so it's it's kind of interesting when you're dealing with no, stores. No, I, I took care of them. I, I you know. knew you had them. <laughs> yeah, and they're, breeding, they're really neat because when you're breeding some of them, I mean, they just shoot. It's like a neon sign shooting colors up and down, kind of mm-hmm. like some of the rainbows. When they breed, they just flash colors. Mm-hmm. You know? So there's all kinds of unusual stuff. I mean, looking through your fish, I'm thinking... Okay, that 360 needs some of those. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, you're yeah. probably going to have to send you home with some archers or uwaru yeah. or something. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I can remember it's kind of like, when I I get realized that a lot of things that were, when I had when I was a kid is illegal nowadays. Like, we had a sea turtle at the shop. Mm-hmm. You know, we had all kinds of different things on shop. We actually had urarus breeding in our display tank, which was really, I thought, neat, you know. A so, non-planted display tank, I take it. Yeah, well, <laughs> it started out planted, but yeah. I mean, they can go through and just devastate a 360 in yeah. no time. But they're such a neat fish. They're such a gentle fish. I think they're, I think they're neat. Anyway, yeah. that's, so each one's, you know, some people really like aggressive stuff. Um, I was somewhere in L.A. area. I don't even know the guy, but he just collects big fish. Oh, and, like monster fish. Yeah, and stuff. And he had probably about 20 tanks, and none of them was under probably 10,000 gallons each. Oh, wow. I mean, they were, were these like a, concrete swimming pools? No, or these they were, were actually glass uh, tanks. They were actually plexiglass tanks. Holy cow. Um, wow. I have no idea who the guy was. You know, he just, different people would contact me and say, so, you know, hey, you want to come and see my tanks? And, and like, there's one guy in San Francisco, he was building a tank, and the tank cost a million dollars. And then he built his house around the tank. Yeah. You know, so there's so some the entire room. house is built around the aquarium. Yeah. yeah. So there's some room. And it, in his office, he only had a 10,000 and a 5,000 that, gallon in his office at He's work. Slumming. Yeah. They're really slumming. So there's some really <laughs> neat setups in people's houses. And people will ha- collect some really neat stuff. He happened to collect butterflies. Uh-huh. Saltwater butterflies. He did. So. Like the beach. No, saltwater butterflies. Oh, butterfly fish. I was like, yeah. no, wait. No. Saltwater butterflies. You talk about butterflies that drink at the beach. Like I didn't know. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so it's kind of interesting watching what people collect, you know, and stuff. But there's, there's so many neat things out there. So this is going to be an impossible question. But if you could only keep one fish, what would it be? Would be like a big pet fish? Would it be a school of small species? What? What's the one that you just would have to have? You know, I know my wife and I have looked into building a big tank. I'm talking about a 10,000-gallon tank. And I realize I'm not in my right mind, but I would like an old Pima filled with cardinotetras in the tank. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Uh, I saw something like that. remind in, you of... I yeah. saw something like that in a Brazilian aquarium in Manaus. And it was so neat. I mean, this gigantic Arapaima. And all these cardinals swimming around. Mm-hmm. And that was just, to me, that was so... Stunning. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that's... You know, I tried to keep them with arowanas, cardinals. I remember. But, they, they, but they would take them. And, and, and it wasn't an aggressive thing. But the arowana would just slowly scoot them into the corner and just scoop them up with its mouth. I mean, just very... I mean, it, it was like a speed like that. It was just very slow. Uh-huh. But he went through and was able to eat all of them. Catching them just in very... Mouthful at a time. Very slow motion, just, you know, and he was about 
it's probably about three feet long, and he'd just do it slowly. But so anyway, it didn't work out. Yeah, for the for me, for him, it did. Yeah. <laughs> he got a great meal about it. But, um, yeah. What what about breeding fish? I know you've bred a lot. Is there what are your favorite kinds of fish to breed? If you were to you know, you know, there's so many different behaviors. I mean, the pipefish were just the yeah. you know. Laying the eggs on the outside, and some of them lay the eggs on the inside of the body. Mm -hmm. um, so the um, I, I just saw a batch of coolie loaches in the tank. You know, I, so that, I mean that wasn't a purpose breed, but that was really neat to see to breed coolie loaches to yeah. see a whole bunch of coolie loaches. Um, so there's just all kinds of things out there and stuff, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and it's interesting to read about the Europeans breeding the mamirids. Mm -hmm. You know, um, How are they doing that? I don't know about this yet. So mamirids have been a quest for a long time for people to breed. Yeah. Um, do you know the method or how they – are these elfinos they're doing? or uh, Mostly, yeah. Uh -huh. and it's doing mostly through water change and fluctuation and mm -hmm. the, you know, stanging water versus, you know, making it – So you're mimicking the dry season, kind of letting yeah. it get – that's what I Old understand. And stagnant and then a massive water change or yeah. something. And that's how a lot mm -hmm. of people breed quarries. Quarries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just yeah. by doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, we, I use in the 70s a planted tank. Mm -hmm. And so the cardinals and the neons and the white clouds are breeding in that. And I have subsequent generations just in that. Mm -hmm. But that's not. So the community just kind of maintains. Yeah. That's yeah. not a, you know, I did a lot of breeding. And when I had the 52 tanks, we did a lot of purpose breeding. I think they're all, you know, um, I have a lot of friends that keep cichlids. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, I like, and I like cichlids, but I also like to pick on the people that keep cichlids. Mm -hmm. But my daughter's as colleague I, with Juan Coleman is now breeding um, a type of cichlid that actually it uses, it moves leaves around and then it lays the eggs. And then once the eggs hatch, then it becomes a mouth brewer. Oh, really? So it lays in leaves, and then as soon as they're... But it makes a nest out of leaves. Oh, neat. So she's been observing and taking yeah. her pictures of that. So, so Jim's daughter's majoring in biology, or what's yeah. the actual... Is it yeah, marine biology? And, and at the moment, it's biology until she gets up. Uh -huh. And um, I don't know if you guys know Ron Coleman, but Ron Coleman's her advisor. And Ron Coleman's great with the kids. Yeah, he's and, and he's been... A fish authority and active in the hobby for a long time, Ron Coleman. It and is. he's with mostly specializes in cichlids and mm -hmm. eggs and stuff. So anyway, so she's so I told her wherever she gets a job, I get to visit. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get free passes to wherever you get a job. Well, I think uh, I think what I'd like to do is open it up now to questions for you, and see what uh, folks no, want to no. ask you. Um, so folks, if you would, if you have a question or comment for Jim. If you would make it at Dance Fish so it highlights and we see it, we're going to scroll here and look for some. So just a one. couple. Um, I'm not real involved with this. As I, said. I try to go to the meetings. The and, Sacramento Aquarium Society. Yeah, the Sacramento Aquarium Society. And I will be at the, I'm, I shouldn't say well, I'm trying very hard to be at the September one because there's going to be a Mamaira talk. Uh -huh. And then um, I don't know if you guys know Bob Fenner. He wrote a couple of the saltwater books. He's going to be there in, I think, October. And so if you've never met Bob, he's quite a character. And so, but anyway, my Myrids, to me, this, I'm looking forward to that yeah. talk. 
And then we used to go every month to SAS. Uh, Life's changed. I know you got stuff you're dealing with. Yeah, as soon as I'm done dealing with some family issues, health issues. So it's not, don't worry about it. (laughs) I don't mean to sound, it's not mine, but yeah. Yeah, Dr. Coleman is a great guy. So, I mean, just, and I, I know my daughter is her college and everything, but Ron's got three rooms of fish. So I sometimes tag along with her when she goes down like to do something in the aquariums and stuff just to see all the fish Ron has and stuff. Um, so let's see up here if there's any questions or comments while we were going, but kind of highlight for us. The first one was, are you an Elvis impersonator? Jeff Chambers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you scream Elvis to me when I see that beard. <laughs> um, let's see what else here that's directed at you. There oh. might not be any to f- Or if there's got something, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, oh, the I, echo. Yeah, we fixed that. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, I guess two two mics is or two mics is a bad idea. Um, well, probably because if they're too close together. Um, can you? There, here's something about Project oh, Piaba. Is that one you're familiar with? Or yeah, that's uh, Doctor Chow. That's mm-hmm. what he was involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that was Project Piaba. Um, Doctor Chow is now in. I want either Taiwan or Thailand, and he's over there. And it, I know that there are similar programs in those countries. Um, I yeah, don't know about Taiwan, but in Thailand. Is he starting something similar he's, to he's, Piaba there? Not that I know of. Okay. He's working with uh, drumfish. And that was really his specialty even in the Amazon, is drumfish. But he did do... And Axelrod did sponsor a lot of his research, mm-hmm. and they built an aquarium in um, Barcelona, Barcelos, Barcelos. I'm sorry, and so, but um, but but Doctor Shaw is still working, and Varnasan Project Prab is still going on. So I actually don't know much about drumfish. So these are drumfish, I guess. Yeah, there's, and for I understand. They come way up into the freshwater. But you got to figure, you know, Manaus is, what, 400 miles? And there's sharks that come up all oh, that yeah, way. Oh, yeah, bull sharks and stuff. Yeah. yeah, different species and stuff. And even in Sacramento, Sacramento's quite a ways from the ocean. And every once in a while, we still get a whale up to Sacramento and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and then there was something else. Oh, did you see one? I thought, well, keep on going. All going. right, we're looking here, guys. We're getting your questions and comments. Chewy, I've heard of Jim Forche through Jim Carmark and Scott Dowd. Uh, yeah, Jeff, I think actually Jeff, uh, Jim Karma and Scott Dow. Yeah, Scott actually is a great person. He's out of the Boston Aquarium. Mm-hmm. And I've been with him on a few trips in the Amazon mm-hmm. and stuff. And, Do you remember what you were doing? Was there a specific? Um, so we, so we a lot of these trips you went on, you did hook up with yeah, different members people. of universities and things, yeah, right? Yeah, different so. people. And there was some real interesting. Like one trip, there was, a, there was two ladies and a guy. And what they were doing was they were from Spain and they were trying to figure out the feasibility actually grabbing a block out of the jungle and removing the whole animals, everything to an enclosed environment. So the ultimate biotope. Yeah. And that's what they were looking into. And then one time there was a lady from Florida that was actually doing DNA sampling with the mountain lions in Florida. And what she told me was the... South American mountain lions, pumas, were closer related to the Florida than the Florida was to the California ones. Oh, so they wonder if there's a connection there at some yeah, point. Yeah, which is kind of interesting because you would think the ones in 
the main body of the United States would be closer related. So there on different trips, there's been many different times, you know, I'm, I'm a cheap guy. Okay. So I remember on one trip, I think it was a guy from Spain. He hands me a, a lens and I'm like, okay, you know, you're in these little rocky boats and you're about ready to tip over. And I kind of ask him, well, what's this worth? And he says, Oh, that one I only paid 5000 for. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't want to hold it. Like a camera lens? Yeah. yeah it's like, I don't want to drop this dude. <laughs> yeah, you're out in the middle. So there's some really neat things. Um, so they're scanning. Chewy LTD says, oh, a mentor for dance fish. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Jim mentored me through most of my fish keeping and still does. In fact, I, I was going over business plan numbers and warehouse expansion stuff with Jim last night and getting his feedback. So... Yeah, I don't think that'll ever end. I, I look up to this, believe it or not, <laughs> I look scary. up to this guy quite a I, bit. I, just, <laughs> I did computer applications for a living and then computer support. So I worked mostly with computers most of my life. So that's, and I, I was an information systems analyst. So it was um, a real job. Most people think all I did was sell books all my life. But yeah. I, I that was my fun yeah. And me, that was the side I, thing. I got to meet a lot of great people, talk to a lot of great people. Um, I still talk to some different people. Well, you collect, collected with Axelrod, you conversed with Sturba, you know Yap. You, I mean, yeah. I mean, um, well, yeah. you ever hung out with Heiko Blair? Let's, let's skip that. Song. Oh, okay. okay. I, yeah. <laughs> it's better not to. Okay. I didn't know it was a sore subject. Sorry. <laughs> Jeff Chambers, dang, he's in Placerville. That's super close to me. Yeah. Well, give so, me a call sometime, Jeff. Yeah. Um, again, you can contact him through the Aquatic Books shop on Get Gills. Uh, send an email. Um, but that's how I met uh, Jim as I lived close to Placerville. And there was a local pet store in Placerville called Frontier Pets run guy, by a great guy named Keith Johnson. And I went in and I showed Keith my library book with pictures of killifish in it one day. And I was like, can you get these? And he was like, no, but I'm a member of the American Killifish Association. And I know another member in town named Jim Forche. And he either gave me your contact info or told me the name to look up in the phone book. And that's that's how I met you. Yeah, yeah. We, we used to meet a lot of people and take a lot of people and stuff. Because, you know, just getting together, talking fish and getting different ideas, you know, is great. Because you might... There's always something for you to learn, something new procedure, something, you know, different, how somebody's doing something different. You might not take on what they do, but you might modify what you do to accept. Like, I really enjoy going. Actually, the last time you were out, we went to the Bay Area Killifish meeting. Mm -hmm. And you get to go, usually you get to go to the guy's fish rooms and see what he's doing. You might not necessarily do what he does, but you can see and expand upon what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So seeing and talking to other, because everybody, it's everybody's fine now. You know, you're going to meet some unique people. Like I met a guy that was breeding sturgeons out of his car. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you know, um, you know, and, breeding sturgeons out of his car. <laughs> yeah, and I met. I had one customer. Email me that he had a blue ring octopus and he didn't know what it was. And I immediately tried calling him and I never was able to get a hold of him. So I don't know if he killed himself or not. Trying to tell him, don't put your hand in the tank. Yeah, yeah. you know, because people might with an octopus mm-hmm. and stuff. 
and I tried to get a hold of him because I actually, at the fish store I worked at as a kid, we had a lionfish, and the boss used to feed it by hand. And it, when he fed it one day, it flicked, and by the time we got to the hospital with him, he had lost his finger. Uh-huh. You know, so, and I have another customer that actually was paralyzed in his right arm because he was washing his tank, and the lionfish came over and hit him in the shoulder, and it paralyzed the arm. It hit a nerve or something? I guess. I don't know. But, I mean, usually lionfishes are not that bad but sometimes they can they kill hurt, you but they don't yeah, yeah yeah they can kill you but it it's like with anything just caution and use some intelligence yeah know? yeah <laughs> we saw a sign today at the fish hatchery we went to visit a fish hatchery today because that's what you do when you're right traveling you go in fish hatcheries yeah. you go in fish stores and, and there was stores. A, yeah and there was a, a sign that said a little common sense will keep everyone okay or something like that at the hatchery they're breeding golden trout it's a really cool project i took some video they had a whole bunch of newly hatched ones with the egg sacs still attached and things so we'll we'll show you guys that uh one day here when i can get around to editing it okay we are in live chat so step one that's good and let's find another one. Um, so Patricia, yeah, the webpage, I'll just show it to you one more time. Um, there is a webpage at seahorses.com is where it is. And it's uh, it was built a little while ago, but it's still got it's stuff. It's built on. a long time ago. Yeah. And what's the best way to see like where to order stuff on here? Is uh, it's best, it to be honest. It's best just to let me know. You can look Ooh. at all the different ones there. Yeah. But let so me know what this. you want, and I'll move it to Dan's page, and it'll be easier, and mm -hmm. and I'll we'll figure out something different, okay. some price and stuff. So cool. And if there's something you have questions or something, because what I have on there is actually a small percentage of what I have. So if there's something you're looking for, you're interested in, or, or a type of fish you're interested in learning more about, or a topic you want to dig into, uh, contact Jim through. Uh, aquatic bookshop on getgills.com uh, you can go to his store there and fill out a little email form it'll send an email to him and um or your emails on your website here too right yeah it's uh jim at seahorses.com and uh let him know what you're looking for and if he's got something you know he can maybe and if hook not, you up. i might be able to put you in contact with who has it mm -hmm. a lot of times i i might not have it but i can do a search and find out who has it and i'll just let you know because yeah. this is a for me this is a hobby this is enjoyment and you know yep all right so we're going to keep looking for stuff for jim let me guess a madagascar cichlid that jim's daughter is spawning i don't is think so no, no no i don't think so you would you would know those yeah, yeah I, it's not a it almost looks like an african mm -hmm. i realize madagascar is off but this does not look this like is, a riff lake it, cichlid of some kind it, or no. a westy like it, a west african don't know. <laughs> no, it's not. I, you know, I don't know Radar. Not I hate to say it. I've seen, she's taken video of it and stuff, but, uh, I'll, uh, she, she's upstairs. I'll, I'll ask her when we're done and, um, maybe she I'll leave give a, me the species. Yeah. And if I can get a picture of it or whatever, I'll, I'll leave it on a, on a, I'll and, make a post of it. For the gentleman in San Jose, I do try to make it down every once in a while to the San Jose meeting. They have a great cichlid club and I do try to make it down every once in a while to the San Francisco meeting. But usually if I'm in the Bay Area, I'm going to the Bay Area killifish meeting. Mm -hmm. What kind of fish do I keep now? I have a real gigantic mix. Um, yeah, you, you know, do. I, I, this might be embarrassing, 
But a lot of my fish I get is when somebody doesn't want to buy it at the auction. You know, um, like right now I have in the 360s full of angels. It's full of white claws. It's full of clown uh, loaches, dojos, cribs, uh, turtle. Um, jewels? A jewel cichlid. Um, sword tails. Uh, sword tails. Um, Severums. Um, all non. So you like, a fish doesn't have a home. You're like, okay, yeah. I'll take you. And- yeah, if it's not aggressive, why not? You know, yeah. I mean, there's so yeah. many, so many beautiful things, you know. Mm-hmm. That, and they're so all unique watching the behaviors. You know, for a while I had some um, miniature hatchet fishes. They were actually, I think, uh, uh, kerosen, I think, but they were called. And that mm-hmm. was really neat to watch. One of the problems is, is, I have a turtle that's about 16 inches. And uh, even though he's not supposed to eat meat, he's supposed to be a vegetarian. Every once in a while, something disappears. <laughs> Every now and then he forgets that he's supposed to be vegetarian. <laughs> and sometimes like, we'll go out catching fish, like on the native fish group. And we might put a fish in there that uh, is not supposed to grow big. But because it's a 360, it most of our fish are grow way beyond yeah. I've seen sword tails that I couldn't believe how big they were in your 360 back in the day when you had that big group of them. I mean, I'd never seen a sword tail grow. I I would say some of those females, I might be exaggerating, but four or five inches. I can't remember, but they were big. And the autumns, I've had autumns that touch the bottom and the top of the tank, you know, and things like that, you know, just feeding them right. And I, you know, they, they get big, bigger than what normally Mm -hmm. you hear. So, you know, but still it's neat to have all kinds of varieties and all kinds of schooling. Well, I got typer barbs in there. I, Which kind know, of barbs? Tiger barbs. Tiger barbs. I yeah. mean, there's just whatever somebody doesn't want. I, and so I, I'm not, anyways, <laughs> there's so much, it's fun just to look through books too. And like walking through Danny's place, you know, seeing the different things. Thinking, ah. So I told my wife, well, we're getting this, we're getting that. We're getting that. And luckily I got a wife, you know, that, She's dealt with this a long time. Yeah, and she puts up with it. You know, like, she goes with me to the Amazon, even though she's afraid of the water. And there's never, if I want to go, there's no problem. She She came to just about every fish club meeting we ever went to. Oh, yeah. She came uh, Down in Hayward or Sacramento or... And she has no interest in fish, but she... Mm -hmm. she, You know, we had a travel agent once ask her, do you ever get to take a normal vacation? Mm -hmm. Because I'm... if Like, we went on one vacation that was... Japan, Germany, all around the world, just visiting fish people. I mean, what else is there? To do? Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and good London, you know, so you get to meet people, you know, with the internet and go see their tanks around the world and visit. Where we're, I, I mean, I don't know. If I, so there's some embarrassing moments. I mean, like, go ahead. We went to, uh, we went around the world once and I got home. And for you don't know, Neil Frank called me up. He says, Jim, I know where you've been. I'm like, no, you don't, because I didn't tell anybody where they're going. And he says, oh, yeah. Anyway, it turns out the U.S. government was tracking me. And we had the guy in Japan that showed us around there was the son of the guy that President Bush threw up on. Mm-hmm. So the U.S. government was a little bit upset with us. That, anyway, <laughs> but, you know, you get to meet all these different people and see all these fish. and I mean, just even going to L.A. or San Francisco with the clubs and, the guys have all kinds of neat stuff and the tank setups and 
You, yeah. you know, you know, going down to LA and seeing the guys. I, I love, I miss Los Angeles. I used to go down there and we'd take a weekend and just go ping around and see some cool fish rooms and cool yeah, setups. Yeah, and, and the people. And so you go different places, you go to different clubs, and the people. It's surprising um, for you that don't know Pam and Gary Chin. Pam Chin. Uh, Gary's, I mean, I think Pam's the name most people know because. He does kind of the breeding on the back end, and she writes all the articles and yeah. everything. But doesn't she have a column in TFH or on uh, Cichlid A or something? Somewhere, yeah. But lots and, of Cichlid And, and stuff, in this yeah. ACA, but they have like they have one house for them and one house for their fish. And it's big and it's impressive and it's I wish and I, I and the tanks are spotless and yeah. Miles Neiman is that uh -huh. he uh, has John Neiman John Neiman uh, the fish house and yeah yeah his. You go in there, you could eat off the floor. I mean, there's not a spot on the tank. <laughs> yeah. The fish are healthy, beautiful. They're big there. And yeah. what's really neat is he uses skylights. Mm -hmm. So it's the natural color of the fish. Yep. It's just, so there's just so many. John's, what I like about John's setup is uh, that, but in his house, in his living room, he has a thousand gallon aquarium that's a display. And he piped in the, I forget what that's called, sono tubing or whatever, but he piped in sunlight so that even though it's in his living room, he's got these pipes of sunlight coming down with mirrors and stuff. And yeah, it's pretty cool. So, I mean, to see all these things that people have come up with and, you know, anyway, it's just, and I get to, like we were talking earlier about Bob Fenner, we get to dive, we scuba dive, my daughter and I. So we go around scuba diving, get to dive with different people and see in the wild. To me, I love seeing things in the wild, the fish, and you know, and I'm, I, I'll admit, I'm partial to freshwater fish. And so to me, diving in freshwater and seeing the freshwater fish. Scuba diving in the ocean's neat. You see some neat stuff. But to, I know most people will tell me I'm crazy. But they let you scuba dive with that beard? No, I have to shave. <laughs> Roll it up. Yeah. You actually put, you put Vaseline. Oh, so it seals? Oh, okay. But there's just so much to see and so many neat people out there. Well, if you haven't got sick of it by now. Right, yeah. and I haven't yet either. So, in fact, I, I'm expanding. Well, so. and I've been doing it since I was a kid in Hawaii. You know, a little kid. So, what was the first fish you bred? So, is that how you got into it? Like in the canals in Hawaii, there's stuff you can collect and things. And you know, I, I don't remember a whole lot. I remember when I was like, by ten or eleven, I was keeping um, saltwater fish actually mm. in um, Sacramento, and um, so you moved to Sacramento by then. Yeah, yeah. and then. Uh, one of the fish, there was a competing store to Capital. It was a big store back then, and uh, they offer. They actually called my mom up and asked if I could get, if they could get me to work for them, and that's how I went. And it was, it was neat because we saw all the time thing. And the guy that owned the store was great because he was always sending, getting unusual stuff home mm. and sending at home with me, you know. And so you, you had a smorgasbord to choose from, yeah. And, well, he was always just, here, you know, we're Try having this. trouble with this. Take it home. Yeah. You know, so I would get some really neat stuff. I mean, like I said, he he was feeding lionfish. He, at that time, we had a clown trigger, and those were unbelievable in price. And he was hand-feeding that, you know. Take a fish. finger off, man. Yeah, yeah but he, it was just, but his fish <laughs> were great, you know. So Dan Slee's asking, are you, are you from Sac area originally, Dan? Yeah, so I went to high school in Placerville. I grew up right outside of Placerville, and uh, so that's where I'm from. So for those that don't know, Placerville's on a good day without traffic, 20 minutes, 
half an hour from Sacramento. It's I would about say. forty. We're about forty-two miles from Sacramento. Forty-two miles from Sacramento. Uh, Richard Cratcole. I'm a big fan of the African Brown Knife. I think they have a lot of personality, but they do get much. Do not get much much love among the knife fish. Jim, what's your favorite knife fish? Well, by that, there's actually like two groupings of knives. I really like the clown knife, but I ain't got a tank that big. Yeah. And I, yeah. it's going to eat everything. Yeah. Um, well, so when we're in South America, we collect a lot of electric knives and stuff, and there's a lot of them. I I was actually supposed to go um, with a guy out of um, Smithsonian Institute. I, I was supposed to go down to uh, Guiana and collect the ghost, the black ghost, with him and do research. But a scientist from France blocked us and because he said it was his territory. And since France and Guiana is more French and stuff, they actually got the collection trip. Oh. I would have loved to have been in and collected the black knives, black ghost knives. I mean, Seen them I realize, habitat yeah, and stuff. So, yeah. I, you know, I realize they're not as rare and unusual. I mean, there's just the knives. There's so many forms of them. I mean, and there's not very many books on them, but there's so many different forms, color patterns, shapes. And uh, when we were draining the Rio Negro, we used to come up with deep water knives. And some of them- Draining, were, you mean dredging? Dredging, yeah, 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 dredging, I'm sorry. We were dredging, you know, pulling. We'd come up with some of the deep water knives. And they're just, they were just unusual, the patterning and stuff. But uh, David, and I can't remember his last name, was out of, is out of Smithsonian. He does a lot of research. And if you get Capella, Capella, or even if you can go to the library and look at Capella, there's a lot of articles about the different knives in it and some of the old. Is Capella a magazine or? Capella is the scientific public, uh, Herbs and Hedgeology scientific publication. Oh, okay. okay. Have I been to Africa? No, I keep on getting invited and I keep on wanting to go. Um, I probably will go to Australia next. I want to spend a couple months. With Peter, maybe? I, I'll spend some time with Peter, and I'll spend some time just going. I I really like, you know, there's so many fish to like. And I like the arowanas a lot. Oh, Australian And I arowanas. would like to see the Australians' arowanas in the wild. And there's that one fish in Australia that has the neck. That can move back and forth. Oh, yep. Mm -hmm. I'd like to is see that a fresh or is it's a fresh? Water? It's a fresh, but I understand it's somewhat cold water. I would like to see that in the wild, too. Wait, it says the playback is on instead of live? Okay, I don't know what. Hang on. Did we have a technical issue? We are looking at the playback. Weird. It says here it's live. Did something happen? Like, I don't know. Why Hopefully, why don't you go down? To oh, jeez, that's what you're talking about. What's that? We've I've had it. I've had it like this the whole time. Oh. I've had the wrong screen up. Thanks, guys. Sorry. <laughs> I wonder how long you've been looking at. <laughs> An infinite loop of computer screens. Oh, sorry, everybody. Yeah, they've been seeing this oh, okay. forever. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. I'm bad at my job. But um, anyway, there's a lot of, you know, make sure you meet people and go. If you can, go to clubs. You know, I've, I've talked to a lot of clubs and I, I've met some great people and just going to them, you know. 
but you can't be shy because there's, you know, there's a lot of people are shy at club meetings and stuff, but there's so many people with so many great fish rooms and oh, yeah. tanks set up. So. I remember your fish room was the first one I ever saw. And I walked in and my mind was like, <laughs> it's like, I'm getting one of those one day. So I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry about the plague bag. Oh, that's probably been on for 20 minutes. Jeez. Um, Jim, what are some of your favorite plants? Talking about planted tanks. You know, I, I, really... I, I should say this before I turn it over to him. Jim gave me almost all my plants. Um, the water sprite, uh, the java moss, the java fern. Uh, I think there was some frog bit I killed. Um, <laughs> stuff like that, yeah. I, I like all different types of plants. I really... Um, it, I push a, There's a store in San Francisco in Japantown off to the site that sells plants. And it's so neat to go in there. Um, when I was in Japan... You go and they have the micro, t the tanks, not micro, but the landscape tanks. Little nano tanks kind of? Well, they have nanos, but they have even 55 set up with the landscapes in them and the plants. Mm -hmm. And, you know, mostly that is so neat to me. And you can get the plants, you know, at the different stores. I think that, so I like swords a lot. I like. The, I like Java fern and Java moss. Just yeah, they're the standbys in your Because nothing yeah. tears them up. Yeah. You know, the turtle doesn't even eat them. So I'll throw in a head of lettuce for the turtle, but he still doesn't drop, you know, any of that. And most of the fish, even though they're plant eaters. Now, Urarius will destroy them. Yeah. Urarius will eat anything. Yeah. You know, they'll even eat the java moss. But your severums don't bother them, do they? No. Yeah. They don't, but Urarius, at least when I've had Yeah, you. when we send you home with some... Yeah, you know, they'll they do Java destroyers. Yeah, but you know, I all my tanks are usually very heavily planted. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're you know. Yeah, I mean, I like plants just because they prevent. They're like a margin of error. If something goes wrong, they'll help balance things out. And, and fish can hide in them. Yeah, and, the fish are much more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. And, and so and just landscaping. Um. So. There was something I saw, um, little heart plants. I don't really know what they were, but I just saw them in a tank. My nephew came up and was showing me his tank. He had picked up some of the plants. Little heart-shaped leaves or something? Yeah. Like a thought, baby tear or something yeah. like that? Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting. But if you go to, like, I don't know where you're located, but if you go to some of the stores that specializes in the landscape tanks, there's all kinds of neat. And another thing I like is I like the shrimps. A lot of the new yeah. shrimps that's coming in. Like the neocaridinas and caridinas. And, and the different those. color varieties mm -hmm. and stuff. I have one tank I've had some little blue shrimp in. I've had going now probably about 20, 25 years old. It's, it's a little th three-gallon tank. Uh -huh. And I've never done anything to that tank. Except I think once or twice a year I had like a cup of water. Because uh -huh, it evaporates. Yeah, and that's all. Okay. With just a cup of water, but I don't feed it. I don't do anything. The light comes on and off. And it's been it's been at least 20 years mm -hmm. that that tank's been Is gone. that the downstairs bathroom? Yeah. yeah. I remember when I first came over, that was there pretty much, yeah. if I remember right. Well, it was up my, on my uh, desk at work oh, okay. for, uh, for 10, 15 years. And then I guess I've been retired about eight, nine years now. Is that when it moved over? Yeah. Okay. My and, mind's playing tricks on me. And, but I, I like the shrimps. And, you know, there's just, there's so yeah. much. To, 
the, the kids are destroying upstairs. Danny's kids. <laughs> yes. Um, there's just, you know, just so much different things. Um, I'm, I don't keep any Marines anymore. I used to keep a lot of Marines. I always loved the lionfish. So I always had a lionfish. But every time I moved, you know, it would be like a foot long when I'd move. Um, but I like, I, I have a preference more, you know, and don't get me wrong. I like to sell I like to go. Some of the shops that sell just corals, you know, polyps and that kind of stuff. It's neat to go see them. Um, but I just don't. I love all that stuff, but the amount of work... Yeah. to upkeep I feel is just more than I want to do uh-huh. I feel like if I ever got sick of fresh water then I would do it but so far I, I yeah, don't think I ever just, will and there's new stuff yeah. coming out even still um, I just use for substrate I just now this is embarrassing I just go to Home Depot and they have playground sand yeah that's what's in here and that's what <laughs> I use and I mean it's natural it's color um, and the fish can burrow in it it's not and that's inexpensive yeah and that to me yeah it doesn't look bad yeah all right cool well we've reached the bottom of the chat thanks everybody that had questions and comments for us i'm sorry i have screen share on like forever um didn't even notice i was looking this way instead of that way at the computer so that might be a record <laughs> like i frequently do that but i usually realize in a few seconds or a minute that was probably a record. That was probably a good, I don't know, 10 minutes, I'm guessing. <laughs> um, um, we're going to wrap it up here pretty quick. If anyone has any last comments or questions um, from a guy that knows his stuff, go ahead and leave them below. Otherwise, next week, you're just going to get me. But <laughs> Well, thank you all, and it's nice meeting you all and talking. And like I said, if you're ever – if you're going to be at the Sacramento meeting, I ain't going to be there. Let me know, and I'll try to be there. And you're gonna the, you're gonna be there for the Myra talk, I'm, I which really is next be there. month if it's you can. September seventh. I really want to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, I just ran into somebody at that talk, at the aquarium me- Sacramento meeting that I worked with at the at the fish store in Sacramento. Oh wow! And when in the sixties. Holy cow! Small yeah. world. And it, it, what's funnier is he lived about a half. He lives about a half a mile. He was the school principal. And he lives about half a mile from me. And you just never knew. No. <laughs> okay, so it really is a record. Reels Tank said I'd screen share on for 30 minutes. Hey, anyone that stuck through that, like, thank you. I don't know. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's commitment. Thank you, guys. Um, hey, I'd like to thank, before we stop, I'd like to thank uh, Jim, of course, for coming. Thank you for being on the oh, live stream. You. To the mods, thanks so much. Thanks for trying to get my attention about the screen share. I just wasn't looking at the comments. Sorry about that. For all the questions and comments and the folks that were active in the community, thanks so much. And for uh, all you lurkers, I feel you. We'll do this again next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Until then, I hope everyone has a great day. And thanks again, Jim. Thank you all. We'll see you all next week.